Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, April 25th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command. Have you heard of TDX? Listen, Orbital Command is putting together the TerraDAP Expo on June 9th and 10th in Austin, Texas. Not Boston. I know, that's what I thought. Austin. Austin, Texas. Come get doxed IRL and share merriments with all of your favorite fellow lunatics and lunatics. For more information, go to TerraDapExpo.com or hit the menu item on the site right here on TerraSpaces.org. And as always, be sure to check out Orbital Command online at OrbitalCommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For more information, check out TerraSpaces.org slash sponsors. Today on the Ether, the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Nick's Protocol. Let's take a listen. Uh, all good, all good. You're going to run into those technical obstacles every now and again. I had a situation two days ago where uh, I had something pretty important I had to do first thing in the morning and my compu- computer decided it was going to do some reboot in the middle of the night and, uh, yeah, it was probably took me like two hours to fix it. So oh, man. I understand that these things do happen. But Tahiti sounds nice. Tahiti sounds like a lovely little getaway. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been, uh, it's been a dream. It's so beautiful here. It's been extremely enjoyable, but... Uh, yeah, back to work, man. We're uh, we're ready to roll. You're working hard. Obviously, working hard building Next Protocol, which is what you're here to talk about today. Um, you guys, just a quick bit of context here. I, I'm not even sure how I came across you. Maybe like mm, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, somewhere, somehow, Next Protocol okay. just graced my screen. I was like, the concept, just, just from the initial, mm, like the tagline, I was like, that's a really cool idea. And my first thoughts were, well, there's uni students everywhere, all over the world. There's always going to be uni students everywhere, all over the world. There's always going to be uni debt. And I was like, if this is a future solution to students managing uh, and paying down their debt and being uh, you know, in a better position for it, I'm like, I'm here to hear that. And I think that uh, just on first glance, well, I thought if we are able to utilize this uh, type of protocol to increase the demand for UST, well, that could actually be a really, really uh, cool way of creating more. So let's uh, let's dive in. Let's find out a bit about you and your background and what prompted you to get this started. Sure, sure, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned like it's uh, it's definitely a win win for um, for for many many uh, cohorts, if you will. I mean, obviously, no solution currently exists for the forgiveness of student loans, and this is a uh, you know, a $2 trillion problem, uh, you know, pretty much just in the US, if you add a couple countries, you're, you're at $2 trillion, which is obviously a massive, massive marketplace with a potentially huge demand. So, um, I mean, I assume everyone here is a lunatic, which is wonderful. So welcome to everyone. And, and thank you for Orbital Command for 
hosting this and, and to having us today. Um, so yeah, in general, I mean, there's there's so much pain associated with this problem. I mean, it, most people probably have experienced this firsthand or, or have you know heard about it. I mean, it's it's touched so many people with uh, you know all the problems associated with just the you know the demanding lifestyle that comes with taking on student debt in the first place. And I mean, I have experienced it personally and, and you know, my family and, and everything. It's been a great pain for me. And um, so anyway, I've, I've kind of been out to, to do something about this problem for quite a while. Um, so I'm doing this, you know, anonymous, anonymously so far. I go by Schneebly here on Twitter. Uh, but in, in real life, I'm a successful entrepreneur. Um, you know, I have a best-selling book that, you know, basically highlights this problem and offers some solutions. But um, as I launched that book a couple years ago, um, you know, it, it helped a lot of people, but it really didn't offer the solution that I intended, meaning like, you know, people still had to do a lot of work in order to solve the problem for themselves. And, you know, a couple years later, here we are. And, um, you know, I've, I've got a real great solution here that allows people to kind of hit the easy button and, and solve the problem. So all in all, Nick's protocol is going to expand it to many different use cases, but the first one is sort of a retroactive um, solution that that allows people to get a refund on their student debt. So, um, if if you look at the structure of Nick's protocol, the most important thing to understand is that it basically mimics a traditional peer-to-peer lending marketplace. Um, but the difference is there's a there's a bit of a twist. So. Uh, with Nix compared to, you know, something like Lending Club or Funding Circle, Circle or Zopa, I mean, these are massive, massive platforms that have facilitated, you know, over $5 billion of peer-to-peer lending uh, each over the last five to 10 years. So there's already a huge, huge market uh, that, that not a lot of people know about, or at least maybe like, you know, the crypto people don't know about. But there's a massive market, a massive demand for both lending and borrowing in a peer-to-peer fashion. Um, so, so we are bringing that to the blockchain, bringing that to the Terra blockchain, uh, and making it both more efficient and mo- more secure, more safe, and much, much more lucrative for for both parties. So, um, so it's it's great to understand the peer to peer lending model, but then we build off of that with a little twist, and so that that enters the uh, the realm of peer to peer lending as a service. Um, and so the as a service thing is is the real innovation here. Um, and so when you have a peer to peer lending marketplace, you know, traditionally somebody, you know, a borrower goes to the platform, they say, I want $10,000. And you know they basically crowdfund that $10,000 from a you know, decentralized uh, market of lenders that are aiming to make, you know, 10% per year in the traditional sense. And then those lenders have a, you know, a, uh, a huge risk because, that money is being spent to satisfy the debt obligation of $10,000 car. Um, and so there's a risk of default, right? If, if that borrower decides not to pay back that money, then the lenders are you know, out whatever they lent. So with Nix, uh, the innovation really is there's no risk of default. We have smart contract risk, which is you know, innate to every single uh, you know, protocol that exists. But the difference is that money is not being spent to satisfy a debt obligation. The money is being used to start auto compounding so that we can satisfy the refund of whatever the debt is. So that's that's kind of where the service comes in. The lenders are providing a service to the borrowers such that they can 
create an initial amount large enough to appreciate an auto compound over time so that the borrower gets a full refund and the lenders get, you know, a, um, you know, a yield, you know, they get a return that they can't find elsewhere. And uh, this is a really important point to understand as well, because um, the whole point, the whole design that I created at the beginning was, was to satisfy this need of, you know, a, obviously the refunds of, of a debt of refunds of student loans is extremely innovative in itself, but on the lending side, it's been creative. It's been created so that lenders get a higher APR than they would get uh, just in Anchor Earn, um, and so so that was that was a you know a requirement at the beginning of the design process was that you know these NICS bonds that are going to be created from uh, you know from this lending process uh, you know we wanted to create a long term stable high interest rate that beats anchor earn and there's just obviously not very many uh places that uh defi users or investors can go to get these long-term high yield you know stable predictable gains so uh so it's extremely lucrative from a lender's perspective it's obviously extremely lucrative from a borrower from a student's perspective and there's so many use cases that we can expand on but we really feel that if we can get this one right with the uh, you know, the student loans, we have product market fit, we have the success of the protocol, we have, you know, obviously a massive market and a huge problem to tackle. And then from there, we can let the community vote whether, you know, we want to take it to mortgages or take it to, you know, insurance or take it to, you know, whatever fixed costs we want, because the model, you know, mathematically works for, you know, so, so many applications. So, um, so obviously, that's, that's a lot of bit of information at the beginning here. But um, but that's hopefully a pretty good uh, preface on what we're doing here. Really good preface. Appreciate that greatly. I'm trying to plug my headphones properly. Um, and just a quick message to everyone who's listening. If you are enjoying the conversation, do feel free to share it. We want to get this message of Nick's out. I think that the rest of this conversation is going to be uh, scintillating, if that's the right word. First word that came to my mind. Okay, so we've got that, you know, it's a peer-to-peer uh, peer-to-peer as a service, the lenders essentially get a yield, the borrowers get a refund. Let's go into that a little bit and the mechanics of that. Um, and of course, you've mentioned it's a long-term high yield, uh, stable gains, more than one would get for Anchor, which ultimately is the incentive for people to choose something like Nix over something like Anchor. So are you saying, just to just to be clear here, that people in the future – would be able to get greater than a 19.5% return uh, by using Nix as a lender. And correct, how- correct. Yep. So we'll dive into the, the mechanics a little bit. So the best way to do it is to go over an example here. So let's take the, you know, let's take a student that has currently $10,000 worth of debt, uh, worth of student debt. Let's say their interest rate is 5% and their monthly payment is $100 and they have a payoff of, you know, five years. Um, so these are the, you know, the inputs basically on the on the student side. So at the point that this student applies for a NICS plan, so on the borrower side, we have NICS plans and on the lender side, we have NICS bonds. So this uh, this application process, very simple. They just basically put in their inputs uh, we do a light KYC to verify that this is the person that has this payoff statement to make sure that uh, we are solving the problem we set out to solve, which is student debt. Um, and then as soon as they're approved, um, that $10,000 becomes available for purchase on the NICS bond marketplace. 
So basically we're crowdsourcing, we're crowdfunding the principal associated with their debt. And that principal is in the form of a NICS bond once it's, once it's purchased. So, um, so let's say, I mean, it can be broken down any, in anywhere from $100 increments to, uh, to the total. So like one person could buy the total at $10,000 or, you know, a hundred people could buy, um, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, so those bonds are NFTs and those NFTs are associated with that NYX plan for that person. Um, and so essentially that $10,000 goes into a pool, goes into a wallet. And for simplicity's sake, we're just going to say that that is on top of Anchor Earn. So that, that wallet is now in Anchor Earn and it's getting that 19.5%. And so the lenders are, are sourcing that money. They put it into the wallet. Now that plan is satisfied. It's been funded. And at that point that the $10,000 is raised, the borrower begins paying their NICS premium. They begin contributing to their NICS plan. So if they want a full refund, their, their monthly payment is going to be about $25 associated with their $100 monthly payment. So now they're paying $100 to their debt still, to their bank, to their you know, service or whoever it is, SoFi, whatever the heck. And then now they're paying an additional $25 to their NICS plan that goes into this wallet. So now the starting balance of their wallet is $10,000. And every single month for five years, they're going to pay $25. And so that's the, that's the magic here for the lenders, because the lenders are benefiting from the borrower adding to their principal every single month. And that additional $25 every single month goes into this auto compounding process to boost their gains to be higher than that 19.5%. And then on the borrower side, they're benefiting from being able to source $10,000, you know, the amount of their principal as their starting balance which leads to at the end of that five years being enough to get a full refund on their debt and distribute those gains back to the lenders to be higher than that 19.5%, you know, uh, annualized and compounded. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very cool. Is it, is it the case with the crowdfunding of the principle of the debt? Are there caps, caps on that as far as how many, um, uh, that would be the lenders side. Are there caps on how many lenders there are for each, uh, you know, each principle of debt? Yeah. So, so each bond, um, we haven't really decided on if it's going to be like, you know, $10 or a hundred dollars, but yes, it's going to be capped at like a minimum amount just to keep all the math simple. It's like, we don't want to do Nick's bonds that are like 25 cents. You know, we want them to be, probably at least like a hundred dollars or something like that. So it'll probably be about a hundred bucks. Um, but, but yes, it will be capped at a certain amount, but the returns, uh, the returns will not be capped. And it gets really exciting when you get past, you know, five years or six years, you know, cause the auto compounding takes over. And, you know, if you have a, a next plan for a, you know, a brand new graduate, you know, that has a 15 year payoff of, you know, $50,000. I mean, the returns as far as lenders go, uh, are extremely lucrative just because auto compounding over 15 years is obviously uh, a pretty ridiculous number. Yeah, correct. It gets better the longer it, the longer it goes. And so I'm just wondering with the, um, you know, because you on the, I think it was the Medium article, so somewhere I've read along the way, you'd said, or maybe it was in the Discord, you'd said something about it being, you look at Nick's being a mixture of like Anchor, 
sand clock and a polo slash spec um, spectrum. I'm just wondering, you know, what aspects are you referring to there of each of those protocols? Sure, sure. So since that's been released, we've kind of moved away from the Apollo and the spec model just temporarily because um, you can't really auto compound. It. Well, you can, but we, we don't want it to be risky, right? We want it to be stable. So if we wanted to enter an, an LP with like ANK and UST, obviously there's a lot of risk involved if ANK goes down and we can't guarantee those long-term stable gains. Um, so that's where, you know, sand clock and anchor earn become the primary, uh, yield sources. Um, and of course, you know, we want to, dis- we want to diversify over time, but for simplicity's sake, right now we're just building on top of anchor and then we'll integrate sand clock, uh, in the future. And, and sand clock has been amazing for us so far. I mean, the, uh, the founders of sand clock have been advising us since day one. So they've, they've basically served as strategic advisors and they're, helping us every step of the way and, and they're they're more than open to working together they love the idea and uh, i think it's going to be a great partnership once we uh once we get the mvp built on anchor um additionally um we're, we're kind of similar to angel protocol in a lot of ways um you know as far as the yield sourcing goes and they've been working very hard in the background i don't know if you guys have been following it but um, you know, with all these debates over anchor earn and the raid and like the sustainability and all that good stuff, obviously we're aware of it. And obviously we're, you know, creating plan B, plan C, plan D. Um, and what they're doing actually is building on top of Mars as well. They're diversifying into Mars and anchor earn and, and some other places as well. So I think we'll probably end up following them, you know, following their lead in a few ways because, uh, you know, they're probably, you know, a year in front of us and, um, you know, it's it's nice to have sort of that uh, that big brother to follow, if you will. Certainly, it's great that you've got them as strategic advisors, and that actually ties in really well. I was about to ask, um, you know, investors, do you have people in you know, behind the scenes who are investing? Have you got uh, any venture capital? Is it being done without venture capital? What's the what's the situation there? Yeah, so we are in the process of raising for our pre-seed. Uh, so we haven't taken any money at the moment, but we have commitments from four or five VCs. Um, and, and yeah, so we're, we're probably a month in. We've raised about a fifth of our, uh, our goal uh, for our pre-seed round. And I'm spending a lot of my time uh, basically crowd, not crowdfunding, but, but raising the money required to give us a runway of you know, one to two years so that we can build this thing out and make it a full, you know, fledged Terra project. So right now we've got um, one developer on the team. We've got one in-house counsel, one, you know, lawyer, and then we have a content creator and myself. Uh, We've got a couple of business developers in the pipeline as well. Um, And then as soon as we raise the money, we're going to just go, you know, full balls to the wall with, uh, with developer hiring and, and uh, product engineers and things of that, of that nature. So, um, it's going to be very similar to the the sand clock model <clears throat> in terms of how they've structured their business and how they've um, you know designed their uh, you know their workforce and and all that good stuff. So we're we're really fortunate to have some some good advisors and some people that are willing to help us along the way because you know obviously there's not a lot of people in the space that have done this. There's not a lot of experience, and and the ones that have been successful are are busy building other things. So, so it's great to have the people that, uh, that believe in what we're doing and want to help us and obviously are successful themselves on board. Certainly. And that actually probably, uh, 
makes it a good time to say if anyone is a you know developer i know that you said that you're looking for developers and lead developers and things of that nature if anyone is qualified and has the skills you never know who's listening um so just putting that out there if you are that type of person perhaps shoot a dm through the next protocol and see if there is something that can be worked out um yeah absolutely okay so we're talking paying student yeah uni student loans um we're talking you know one to two year runway to get this all up and running when do you see this actually being you know operational and uh being utilized at scale sure great question so uh we are in talks with a few uh incubator platforms um that i'm hoping to get approved through if that is the case we will drastically accelerate our roadmap um right now i mean in, in my previous life i was a project manager i was managing about 30 million dollars worth of of construction projects per year so obviously a different product but same uh you know same technical um you know skills required to to create whatever it is um so right now i have it planned to essentially raise the money that we need you know to give us that one to two year runway by um you know basically 60 days from now and if that's the case then we should be able to build the mvp by early next year and that's just doing it myself you know sourcing all the you know, the talent and hiring everybody in house and all that stuff. So that's, that's like, you know, the plan right now, but with these incubators that, I, that I'm learning about and that I've been interviewing with, um, we could, we could cut that down to three or four months, basically to have the MVP done. So uh, I should know within the next few weeks, if we're going to be, uh, you know, partnering with somebody like, you know, Loop Ventures or, um, you know, somebody like Delphi or, or something like that, that has these developers in house, and they're willing to basically start doing the work and help us uh you know fund ourselves at the same time and that would again basically cut the timeline down definitely by half maybe even by more um so that's the best case scenario is have the mvp within like you know basically by fall uh in north america but you know worst case scenario uh, i think we're looking at early q1 next year to have the the mvp ready and then you know i think probably one more quarter to see it being operated by you know or really at scale um, and so that's, that's an interesting thing to talk about as well as like how we're going to achieve scale with this, because, um, because obviously there's a lot of pieces and parts involved and, you know, we've got demand on the lender side, demand on the borrower side. And, uh, it's a really interesting thing to think about from my perspective, because, you know, to make it work, we need to achieve balance. Um, and, and it's hard to say whether there's going to be a larger demand for lenders or a larger demand for borrowers and and what are we going to do to basically combat any imbalances and that's where the you know the web3 and the tokenomics comes in and that's just such a cool thing to kind of build and put together true so are you you know you did mention both loop and you mentioned um, delphi are these uh, people that you're already having communication with yeah so delphi has been a little bit difficult to penetrate those guys are just so busy and, and obviously they're doing a bunch of cool stuff but i think we're you know we're cut from the same cloth but they're they're just i don't know it seems like they they want to do more like crypto native things and that's totally fair i mean we're we're basically building a bridge and it takes a special takes a special person a special partnership to to want to to want to tackle this massive problem together because it's it's going to be a long road and it's going to be difficult there's going to be a lot of hurdles and it's it's almost easier to just stay in crypto and only build crypto and like not touch the real world <laughs> but uh, obviously I'm not very interested in that I want this 
I want this to be something that impacts millions and millions of people in a positive way. And I think that's kind of along the same lines of, you know, the ethos of Terra, like all the, all the lunatics that I've met, all the lunatics that, that have gotten excited about this are just so pumped that this is like, it's going to be extremely useful for normal people. I mean, I tell, I tell people that what we're building is an Alice front end with a mirror back end. So, I mean, the Alice front end is, uh, you know, for the borrowers, right? It needs to be simple. It needs to be easy. It needs to be sleek. It's like a few inputs, little application, boom, done. Um, and then on the back end, it's going to be a bit more like mirror where you have this marketplace of, you know, Nix bonds with different rates and, you know, a bit more like <clears throat> DeFi centric rather than, uh, you know, just something that needs to be so damn simple for, you know, normies to comprehend and then also like uh, fulfill, right? Yeah, I think that's really key is to have something that is uh, uber user-friendly. You know, I think um, like DeFi is way more powerful than most people have probably even realized at this point. But it's, it is to the degree that we can make it simple because uh, it's complex, to the degree that we can make it simple for normies to be onboarded without realizing that they're being onboarded. Um, yeah, and I think, exactly. I think I think this is the perfect gateway because if I look at your target audience, we're talking, you know, uni students, right? So we're talking people who are late teens, early 20s typically, um, and we're talking about the upcoming generation, you know, the, the younger, I don't know about you, but I'm in my mid-30s. I'm talking about people that uh, were born in the, you know, early 2000s who have grown up with technology they've grown up with iphones in their hands they've grown up um like this is this is second nature to them and so the idea of like okay cool now pl plugging the idea of having DeFi pay off your loan is sort of it's still a little bit um not esoteric but it's a bit like uh it can sound you know foreign however yeah. fast forward a few years from now i imagine that the you know the kids of you know the teenagers of the early teenagers of now in like five years time, they won't even blink at this. This will just be like a standard way of doing things. And then that's, yeah. that's not just location specific, that's global. And so that's the exactly. adoption. I look at it from an adoption perspective and I think, well, that actually lends itself to massive adoption. Um, it's, a it's a compounding thing, kind of like the way it works, the, the protocol itself works. It's compounding. Yeah. And so yeah. compound over you know, the duration of three, five, seven years. Um, so I do think I do think you're really onto something. It sounds like the mechanics are quite good too. What I want to do is because I've still got some questions, but I feel like there'll be people on the call who might have some questions too. Sure. And so I just want to speak to what you just said real quick, and then I'd love to yeah, up some questions. Awesome. Yeah. So I I think you're uh, you you hit the hit the nail on the head, and um, you know for for that next generation of people, you know the generation that is like entering college or or exiting college within the next, you know, two to five years, call it, um, you know, it's, it's going to change the way that they choose where they want to go to school and the way that they choose, you know, how they want to do this whole, you know, student debt thing, right? It's like, take, take an example where, you know, you have somebody that's, uh, that's 18 and they're trying to decide between two universities and one of them is going to leave them $70,000 in debt and one of them is going to leave them $40,000 in debt. You know, so so option A, you know, you've got this seventy thousand dollar payment where you're gonna, you know, have a principal or you know, you're gonna have a monthly payment of, you know, four or five hundred bucks. Um, and then the other one, you know, you've got a monthly payment of two or three hundred bucks. And <clears throat> when you have the monthly payment of four or five hundred bucks, you know, you can't you can't really afford anything extra on top of that 
um, you know, with a starting salary and with the, with the two or $300 payment, you know, you can afford an extra $100, $150 per month or whatever. So if you factor in a NICS plan from the very beginning and you say, okay, I'm going to anticipate making 60 grand per year, my housing expense is going to be this, you know, if you build your life that way and you say, okay, I'm building in a NICS plan that I know is going to be $100 a month for 10 years or whatever it is versus, you know, not being able to afford that with that $70,000 in debt, you're talking about two drastically different situations after 10 years, right? Like you have your debt paid off after 10 years with a next plan and you get it all back. You know, you get back 50 grand, 60 grand, whatever it is. And then on the other situation, you've been paying this, you know, absurd amount of money for 10 years for that $70,000 price. And then you're in the hole like 85 grand after 10 years. It's like, you know, you're, you're talking about a, like $150,000 difference, you know, a Delta that is massive. So why would you choose the, you know, the $70,000 option when you could afford something much less and build in the next plan and set yourself up, you know, much better after 10 years. It's like, that's the kind of education that I want to put out there for, for people that are uh, going into school and also, you know, about to graduate, right? It's like, this needs to be known that it's an option so that people can set themselves up for success rather than, you know, continuing to put ourselves in this, uh, really, you know, the system that doesn't work, frankly. Certainly. And so what we'll do just while we're waiting for some people, again, the invite's there. Anyone who wants to jump up and ask any questions, feel free to uh, request. While that's happening, I'll just ask a question regarding, just to be clear here, because we've got a few new listeners too. On the borrower's side, so the ones taking out the next plan, they get the refund. They're getting the refund at what point during their mm, this, this loan cycle? Yep. So it's it's at the end. So essentially, when they um, when they satisfy their next plan. So when they when they apply for their next plan, they enter in their principal, their uh, their interest rate, and then their payoff duration. And so it's like it could be seventy two months, seventy one months. Basically, they generate a payoff statement in their back end of their servicer company, and that that payoff plan or payoff statement is used to populate the inputs for uh, for their next plan. And so where Nix calculates the interest that they're going to spend over that 72 months, they calculate um, you know, how many dollars they're going to contribute to their Nix plan. And then basically they, they choose you know, how much they want to contribute and then Nix spits out a refund amount at the beginning. So everything is predetermined at the beginning. They just have to satisfy the requirements. So it's like you know, 72 payments of $25, 72 payments of $100, whatever it is, you know, every single month for that time period. Once they satisfy that, um, you know, on chain, then they get refunded out of the wallet that's been appreciating for that time. Got it. So that leads me to think that ultimately what's happening is they're actually paying off, um, they're still paying off their uni debt in the real world. So they're still paying off Correct. their uni debt in the real world, but they're also essentially putting money towards a, an auto compounding savings fund um, at the, you know, a subscription uh, level you know, of, of their choosing. So if it's $25 a month or uh, yep. $100 a month, that's a, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The fact is they've got two things going on. So as long as they can manage that payment of the subscription at the end of it, based on what their contributions have been, they will receive a refund, which will essentially offset the cost of their uni over the time that they were there. Exactly. Exactly. You can, you can also think of it like an insurance plan that you know you're going to get paid for. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. There's a lot of people out there 
uh, pay insurance with the. Actually, I've got I've got a friend just real quickly. We had a some really bad floods in Queensland the other week. She'd bought a new house, and uh, you know, obviously, the floods had affected it. And the previous owner had had a fence that they'd built themselves without getting uh, council approval, and so it's a hundred grand plus of damage that you know isn't oh. covered by in, by insurance. And it's like it's just yeah. one of those things, you know, you, you you can't always guarantee that that's going to get paid out, but with Nick's, you can, and so that's a beautiful thing. Yep. Yeah, um, exactly. And and on that note as well, the um, you know, the borrower. If they want to withdraw all their contributions, they, they can at any point. It's not like an insurance plan where it's just a sunk cost and like you're sinking money into oblivion. And if you use it, great. If you don't, you don't get anything back. So let's say, you know, that same person gets to month 35 and, you know, they need to pull out, you know, three grand or, you know, they need to pull out their money because they have some sort of, you know, catastrophe. Like they can, all of it is right there still in the wallet. And basically they pull out everything they've contributed and then the, uh, the yield gets distributed to the the bond owners, and you know that's that. Hmm. Just because we've got uh, no one else is asking any questions, that's fine. I'm happy to continue. I've got plenty. But um, sure. The what are some of the like the considerations as far as you know? It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. Cool. I get to pay off my. I get to put money towards a plan. In you know three to five years time, I get a refund, and essentially I've got my uni at a discount, and so. The, the same would apply to anything else in future as long as the, the model is proven, you know, car loans, home loans, so on and so forth. Um, what, are the, like, what are the main considerations on your end and the things that you see on the horizon mm, being difficult and being mm, serving as obstacles um, for you and, and for the users? And are there any situations where, you know, people may uh, experience some difficulties Obviously, you know, it's all smart contract done. So it's decided at the start of the term. Once they hit the quota of, of their payments, then, of course, they're eligible for the refunds. But is there any situation where it might uh, prove to be mm, not so smooth? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's obviously a lot of things going on behind the scenes with, you know, the, the process, you know, the, you know, how it all works, right? Um, so I, I think there's going to be some things naturally like starting any business that needs to get ironed out. You know, it's just kind of the business flow and the process of, okay, they submitted their application. What sort of email do they get for approval and like those types of things. And we're going to do a lot of like beta testing and user text testing and, um, you know, obviously UI, UX design, et cetera. Um, but I think by and large, the greatest obstacle that we are going to overcome or that we are going to have to overcome. And we kind of already touched on it uh, with the, you know, the next generation is just this whole complex that anchor is, has, has began to overcome as well. And so the complex, you know, of the narrative that it's too good to be true. Right. Um, and, and obviously it can be overcome and it, it will be overcome, but it's, it's a process to do that. And you have to gain consumer trust. And with our model, obviously with the rewards, the refunds being retroactive, um, you know, that's, that's why we're building in these sort of, um, uh, these, these, these things that allow people to, to feel like there's insurance associated, which is like, as a borrower, you can take your money out at any point. So like that minimizes their risk so much. And as a lender, you can sell your next bond at any point on the marketplace. You can get your money out at any point. Also the next treasury will buy it from you for a discount, right? There's, there's built in mechanisms for insurance and, and so we're trying to maximize the trust through these, you know, through design, essentially, because 
um, you know, this retroactive reward system or, or whatever. So that's, that's to me, the greatest hurdle that we're having to overcome is just this narrative of too good to be true, right? It's this whole, you know, crypto adoption, like everyone's, you know, still on the fence of, oh, is his crypto real? Is it here to stay? Is it going to be 15 years? You know, like, et cetera. So, um, so that's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say, and, and maybe someone on the call actually has some, some ideas for this because uh, it's a problem it's, uh, that, we're, that we're working through. And this is the, uh, the verification process. So I mentioned it briefly as well. Um, if, we're going to, if we're going to solve the problems that we set out to solve, which is uh, you know, eliminating student debt retroactively uh, and setting people up financially you know, for a better life as soon as they're done paying off their loans, um, we have to verify at the beginning that Joe comes to the protocol and Joe has a payoff statement that hasn't been altered and, and you know, the inputs on the payoff statement match what he, he gave us, right? So without having this giant administration like SoFi, you know, they employ tens of thousands of people, you know, to verify all these things, you know, we are, we are searching for a solution that um, is basically built on AI that will be able to do these things automatically. Um, so I found a few options already, and I'm, I'm basically chewing through them. Um, but maybe somebody has, you know, another idea or, or another service or another technology or or anything that is going to allow us to basically do that at scale, and that's essentially the only cost that is associated with the, uh, you know, the business running the business is just this front end verification, this light KYC, and making sure that that KYC matches the information on the payoff statement. Hmm. Well, if anyone has any uh, suggestions or wants to jump up and contribute to that, feel free. The space is there. Um, obviously, just time check. We got fifteen minutes here, so. The next 15 minutes, what I really want to do is, yeah, get complete clarity on, you know, the steps moving forward, get things like uh, tokens, the value capture of the tokens, any uh, generation events that you might have, uh, who's doing the token design. So we'll go over that. But I do want to start it with, you did in passing mention uh, treasury buybacks of bonds from the lenders. How would that work specifically? Yep. So the um, the idea is that the treasury will be funded in the uh, the seed round and also from the um, from the IDO. So the next two rounds of fundraising are going to go to getting the treasury to be as large as possible, um, so that we can offer that you know that insurance that buyback guarantee for Nick's bonds. Um, and this basically just prevents the, you know, the bank run, you know, on the bonds, right? So we want to build that in to make sure that, uh, that Nix always has enough funds to buy every single bond in existence. And this is the unique scaling, uh, you know, not issue, but the, the unique scaling, uh, uh, you know, process that I mentioned. So, um, so this, this is, this is why it's exciting for me because there's, there's these, uh, there's these built-in insurance mechanisms and that has unique. Uh, that makes that makes the scaling just sort of a unique process. So, um, so yeah, to, the idea is to get the treasury as large as possible, um, so that we can so that we can guarantee that. Um, and on that note, we can kind of transition to the tokenomics here. Um, do you want me to just give a brief rundown of the the tokenomics? Sure. Yeah. Anything anything token related? Now's the uh, now's the perfect time. Perfect. Yeah. So I think the most uh, exciting and like lucrative aspect of the tokenomics is like 
you know, very, very similar to what we all know and love about Luna. So obviously we all know that in order to create UST, you have to burn an equivalent amount of Luna. And the same thing is true for um, NYX tokens versus NYX bonds. So in order to mint a NYX bond, which is associated with a NYX plan, you must burn an equivalent amount of NYX tokens. So that basically adds constant buy pressure to NYX and makes it deflationary over time. So obviously, whenever Luna launched initially, it was like actually inflationary because you have to get the supply out there. And you know, there's unique, uh, unique problems associated with that. But once you reach a certain scale, you know, a tipping point, it becomes truly deflationary. And, um, you know, that's, that's just an extremely lucrative uh, design for a token. So we wanted to create a very similar thing. And the, the um, you know, just the whole design of the protocol in general from Nix plans to Nix bonds lends itself to this model perfectly. So, so we went with the same model in order to mint a Nix bond, you know, mint an NFT, you must burn an equal amount of Nix. So if you have a $10,000 Nix plan, um, you know, there must be $10,000 at the time of, you know, of minting in Nix tokens burned to create the bond, to mint the bond. Um, so that's an important thing to understand. Um, the next thing that is that is really lucrative from a early investment standpoint is the fact that we don't or we're not going to be paying our stakers in NYX tokens. We're going to be paying our, our NYX stakers in UST. So this is very lucrative for early investors and, and VCs. So what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for uh, – for VCs that are extremely like aligned, they're long, long-term holders and not you know pump and dumpers, et cetera, um, that understand this this value, right? So if if someone is able to uh, you know to get you know half of a percent of the total supply of seventy five million, and they're they want to stake those indefinitely as the protocol grows, all of the profits associated are just being fed back to the stakers of Nix in the form of UST. So what do you think people are going to do with that UST when they're getting paid in UST for staking NICs? Buy more NICs, right? Because they want to they compound their gains, right? The protocol is growing. The revenue is growing. The profits are growing. They have some NICs staked. They're getting paid in UST. Why wouldn't they create you know, a bigger bag in order to accelerate their, you know, their passive income? Um, and so that's, that's a really unique design as well. I think a lot of the community members, I've seen this on a lot of discords, a lot of uh, forums. It's like, you know, they don't necessarily want the native token. And that that's like, we're going to avoid that whole like, you know, staking and, you know, generating the, you know, the, the Nix token just to dump it for UST anyway, right? So like, we're getting rid of the, the you know, the sell pressure, we're adding the buy pressure. And I think that's going to create a very, very lucrative environment for buying and holding Nix. That is awesome. That is, um, that's for me, I'm like, that's bullish. I'm, like, I'm already in my head. I'm like, okay, cool. How much are we going to contribute to this? Um, okay, cool. And so the, regarding the payments being, uh, or the, uh, the profit, sorry, that is distributed to the Nick stakers being done so in the form of UST, is that, you know, is the UST coming from a certain reserve? Like, how is the UST uh, going from you to the users? Um, and is there something in place where 
you know, there is, uh, you know, it's, I'm just trying to think of how to word this. Yeah, I, I guess maximizing like lunar burn to, to create that UST. Sure, sure. So I, I think I understand the question. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, how, how are those, you know, how, I think the question is, how is the protocol making money? And then, you know, how is it dist distributed? So, um, so basically, you can think of it like a traditional company, right? It's like Apple, like Apple, you know, has distributions and, and you know, maybe that I don't even know. But if you own a certain amount of stock, then you get distributions, right? It might not be Apple, but say it's another another big stock, right? The company's generating profits. And those profits are distributed via distributions to the stockholders, right? The stock owners. So it works in the same way. And the way that Nix generates revenue is by service fees. And this is the exact same model that the uh, these traditional peer-to-peer -peer lending marketplaces use. So they charge service fees on the origination of the loans. Um, it's it's similar but different because Nix is much more lucrative because we're able to scale the service fees with the duration of Nix plans. So for the first five to six years, um, it's $5 per month um, for the service fees. And as you get past, like per Nix plan, and as you get past that five-year mark, we start to scale those service fees with the amount of years that the, the plan is going to be. Because obviously the auto compounding is, is, uh, is, is more the longer the Nix plan is. So that's that's how you know we're going to be able to create these insane distributions is from the you know the scalable service fee model rather than this um you know this set fee model that these peer-to-peer -peer lending metal um, marketplaces are offering currently so that's how the protocol is going to make money and that money is just all fed back to the stakers like it, a little bit of it is going to the treasury a little bit of it is going to um the uh what is it called Oh, hang on to the community fund, which is going to be, uh, which is going to be used for a variety of different things, more like a philanthropic, um, outcome in the future. But by and large, the, um, the rewards, you know, the, the profit of the protocol is all going back to the stakers, uh, of Nick's. And so again, that's, that's just, I mean, I wanted to minimize the sell pressure, maximize the buy pressure and make it extremely lucrative to buy and hold. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a really good job of that, to be honest. Um, and I do love, you know, as I've looked through your uh, the graphics for the tokenomics, and as I've been looking through just bits and pieces on your medium articles and that, your branding's really good. Um, they're all looking very professional. The message is clear from what you're saying. The uh, mechanics are sound. And so I'm just wondering, you know, I'm looking at your follower account at the moment, which is sitting at, uh, well, I was on it. On another page, I've lost it now. But we're only in the in the hundreds at the moment. What are we going to do to get you guys up? What are we are we going to What are we going to do? Yeah, that's that's a great question, man. And that's that's one of our uh, our great pains currently. So, um, I mean, I am devoting all my time to to building, designing, working with my uh, my developer, and uh, and making this you know MVP happen, and also you know simultaneously raising funds to scale the developer base and, and build this thing. Um, so social media, as much as I want to build a community and, and make it happen, it's like, we just, we just don't have the means currently um, or a person that's, that's focusing on it. So I am very open to somebody that's passionate about this, that wants to come in and, and take over the social media and content creation so that we can, 
you know, start building that community base. And this is really going hand in hand with what I'm searching for from uh, strategic partners and, and VCs and stuff at the moment is, you know, that's a part of the package that I'm asking for is, is this sort of social media takeover. But if it's somebody that's independent and they have experience and they want to do it, you know, there's, there's, you know, Nick's tokens to be had. <laughs> I like that little bit of incentive there. And so it seems to me that, you know, obviously we're, we're five minutes uh, left in this call here. I just want to make sure that, you know, you've covered everything that you want to cover. Um, maybe perhaps there's some questions that I haven't asked that you were hoping I would ask. Is there anything that, uh, you know, you've got left to say? Uh, yeah, there's one more thing I wanted to mention, actually, and that's um, what we're calling NFT stacking. Um, and this is this is not the problem we set out to solve, but it is a very uh, compelling solution to illiquid NFTs, you know, like NFTs that don't have any value that people are trying to sell, essentially. Um, so, you know, we went over the whole minting of Nick's bonds, right? You've got a Nick's plan of $10,000 and you need a you know, $10,000 worth of Nick's to be burned to mint that Nick's bond. Um, so just like a regular bond in the traditional world, the minter of the bond can choose uh, if they want to be, you know, paid at the end of the term or if they want distributions, um, you know, of the profit. So if they want, you know, $10 a month or $50 a month or whatever, obviously that lowers their yield, that lowers their uh, their return in the long term because that money is not going towards auto compounding, but obviously that lowers their risk in the short term because they're they're generating cash flow from their investment. Um, so what this does is it allows us to stack a traditional NFT like a JPEG on top of a Nix bond in order to make that that NFT uh, cash flow positive, right? So if you've got an illiquid NFT that you paid five Luna for and it's been on, you know. It's been on a marketplace for you know three months. Nobody's bid on it at all. All of a sudden, you put a Nix plan. You know, you put a Nix bond under it. You know, you, you stack them. You basically bond them together on our on our protocol, and you sell it on the same marketplace. You know, that NFT is now generating fifty dollars per month, and then in five years, it's going to pay out ten grand. All of a sudden, it gets much much easier to sell. Um, so that's that's a uh, another value add that we have is this idea of NFT stacking that um, that's also going to contribute to the revenue and the profit of the protocol. Um, you know, if people want to sell their uh, their Nix bond or sell their JPEGs, right? You're going to be able to mix and match in order to do so. That's quite the bombshell to be dropping with three minutes on the call. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself is an amazing mic, idea. Mic drop, mic drop. Right. Okay. And would that be limited to any certain collections or would that be across all Terra NFTs? Would that be, you know, is it cross chain? Is this yeah, like, what are your details, please? Yep. Currently we are planning on it just being on the Terra chain. Um, I haven't actually crossed the bridge with developers to take it cross chain yet. I would love that. I mean, think about the, the potential of stacking a Nix bond on top of a music NFT you know, a song, right? Like, like for extra royalties. I mean, there's just, there's so many cool applications that we could produce, but obviously just like we're starting with Anchor, we're going to start with the Terra chain and then, you know, they'll be available on any Terra based NFT marketplace. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Um, that's uh, very exciting stuff. What I'd love to do now is get you to point the people in the directions of where you'd like them to go. So of course you've got a discord channel, um, which is, viewable on your Twitter. So Nix, uh, what is it? Nix protocol 
at Nick's protocol, NYX protocol. You can yep. add them and then the Discord is there. I know that you have a light paper on the way. Do you have an ETA for that one? Um, we are shooting for probably, you know, a month and a half or so. We want to make sure that it's, it's all, uh, it's all dialed in. So, um, yeah, we wanted to do that a bit sooner, but you know, this whole funding and everything has obviously taken, taken a little bit of precedent as the protocol is designed, but actually putting it on paper and getting it out there is, is another story, right? takes a lot of time. Um, so yeah, hoping, hoping, you know, 30 to 45 days on that. I think we are incredibly early. This is a you know a revolutionary idea as far as I'm concerned, and I can see the, the student debt part, the student loan debt part, is just the beginning. And you know, as long as the model proves itself, which by the from what I can see and hear here, I think that it's going to, I think that it will. Um, then obviously, obviously, this the scaling becomes massive once you start including uh, you know other types of loans, cars and houses and things like that. So I'm really rooting for your success. Um, I'm really, I think that I think the product is going to speak for itself, and I know that um, the, you know, the marketing will assist with that as it comes along. People that are listening, if you have those skills, do reach out to Nick's. Um, will we be seeing you uh, at Teradep Expo? Are you coming to that? Um, I actually need to schedule a call with you guys to talk that through. Um, I've reached out. I've been in contact with the, uh, the page for the um, the expo, and I'd love to be there. Um, so yeah, I want to want to see if we can put that together. Fantastic. Well, we do have a speed greet that's happening there where we're introducing investors uh, and projects and also, uh, you know, talent, devs, marketing specialists, et cetera, with projects. So um, I think it would be perfect for you. We'll have to organize that in the, in the DMs afterwards. But hopefully everyone that is tuned in today has uh, learned something. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed the conversation. If you have enjoyed the conversation, uh, definitely share the tweet uh, once it's done so that people can listen, other people can listen back to it. Um, and I just want to say, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your holiday in Tahiti to uh, discuss <laughs> next with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks again for having me. It's been a pleasure and I uh, look forward to, talk to talking to you again soon. 100%. Everyone, you take care, all right? Farewell for now. All right. Thanks again. See you. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Nick's Protocol, recorded on Monday, April 25th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London The rules are confusing, so let loose the juices And try not to act like they tightened up the noose These fools are abused like a problem stepchild Ruling the coop with some modest exile I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles A comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving I'm up with a platter of bait behind the curtain Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it Letting these nerds know the weight was worth it. I'll perk it up while I serve with some bullshit. This ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans. Opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth. It's getting on my nerves, so let's make them feel nervous. I go 
tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It's spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So lock it down, locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no, we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your privacy Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind You gotta wash the brain and erase the time Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line Ten spaces.